1: Tonight, what did Biden promise to Putin behind closed doors? And why is Biden trying so hard to make Russia great again? I'll tell you my thoughts on that. And Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is here with some words for Biden and Putin. And it's a race to the border. President Trump is headed there at the end of this month. Will he beat Vice President and border czar Kamala Harris to the border? Will she even attempt a trip there? And a new study on children's masks found deadly pathogens that are far more harmful to kids than COVID. We talked to the number one expert on all the mask data. Justin Hart from Rational Ground will join us here. Dr. Gina Primetime starts now. Joe Biden met with Putin today, but the meeting was private. And we need to know what was said behind closed doors in that meeting. The media and the left and even many Republicans suspected our last president of being an agent of the Russian government. So I think a fair question to ask, is Joe Biden working for Putin or for the United States? We know that ahead of this meeting, Joe Biden used his executive pin to lift sanctions on the Russian pipeline that will supply Russian gas to Europe. Putin's pipeline was 100% shut down until Joe Biden himself lifted those sanctions on the Russian oligarchs who are funding the construction. Biden created some great jobs in Russia. Thanks, Joe, for making Russia great again. And here at home, Biden, of course, signed an executive order on day one of his presidency to shut down construction on our Keystone XL pipeline. Tens of thousands of American jobs lost. Why did Biden feel so compelled to shut down our pipeline construction just as he restarted Putin's pipeline project? Vladimir Putin and a bunch of Russian oligarchs are making billions of dollars thanks to Joe Biden. Whose side is he on? You probably won't be surprised to hear that Democrats have a long history of working with Russians against American interests back in the Reagan years when the gipper was strategically dismantling the Soviet Union Ted Kennedy reached out to the Russians to offer to help them in exchange for Soviet help beating president Ronald Reagan in his 1984 reelection campaign how do we know this well After the fall of the Soviet Union, a treasure trove of old Soviet documents became available to the public and a British reporter spent his days going through them to see what he could find. And Democrat Senator Ted Kennedy's name appeared on memos detailing how he offered to coach the Soviets in their dealings with Reagan. And he also offered to get the Soviets set up with American television interviews so they could push their communist propaganda on our American media. All Kennedy wanted in return, their help beating Reagan. Ted Kennedy should have spent the rest of his days in prison after that was uncovered. But the two-tiered justice system was already in full effect decades ago. And we know that Hillary Clinton passed money through law firms in order to fund the Steele dossier full of Russian disinformation in order to hurt Trump in 2016, back in the election. Hillary loved receiving that Russian help, but it wasn't enough to win the election, was it, Hillary? Then there is the infamous hot mic moment where Obama told the Russians that he could give them what they want after the election. Remember?
2: My last election for you. Yeah, I After my election, I have
0: more flexibility. Yeah, yeah I understand. I transmit this information to Vladimir. Understand?
1: Don't you wonder what Obama was promising the Russians? The media was very interested in finding out, but hot moments like that? Exactly why Biden met privately with Putin today. Can you imagine what might have slipped out of Biden's mouth if they did a public meeting or a press conference side by side? He would probably say something like this.
2: What do you say to Vladimir Putin?
3: Answer to the first question? <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually, I. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, the answer is I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was. Uh, or certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly.
1: Well, we were also told that Trump and Putin rigged the 2016 elections, and that was reported as a fact, even though there was zero proof that any votes were changed and zero proof that anyone around Trump was ever associated with Putin whatsoever. Do you find it odd that no Democrats ever demanded an audit in 2016 to find out the fake votes that Putin supposedly took from Hillary and gave to Trump? Where were those demands? When we saw some funkiness in the numbers, Trump fans and Republican lawmakers demanded an audit, and suddenly the Dems are all freaked out about it. This election, we're supposed to believe, was all perfect, had no outside influence from Russians or anyone else. So if that's the case, Why not check, right? You should be in favor of the audits then. It would prove your point. Democrats now say it's crazy and racist to question election results even though they spent the entire Trump presidency saying Trump's election was somehow illegitimate. Why can't we audit our elections? Why are Democrats so opposed? Will we find that Putin and his Russian hackers logged into our voting machines and changed votes over to Biden? What will we find? The Arizona audit will be very telling as long as Democrats don't find a way to taint the results. But again, the big question that comes to mind as Biden and Putin met behind closed doors is why? Why is Biden doing so much to help Putin and make him and his buddies rich? Could it be, could it be, let's not ask totally legitimate questions, the $3.5 million payment sent to Hunter Biden from the Moscow mayor's own wife? Is this payback for that? And why didn't anyone in the press ask questions about that today to Joe Biden? So what makes us think that Joe Biden didn't start this entire summit completely compromised and 100 percent sold out to Vladimir Putin? And what did Biden promise to Putin in those closed door meetings today? We will probably never know because our press will never demand it. But whatever it is, we can be sure. That nothing that Biden did in that meeting today was to advance your interests or the interests of our United States of America. Coming up, we talked to Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene about all of this. She's fired up too about this Putin meeting, so don't miss it. She's always a firebrand right here next on Dr. Gina Primetime. All right. Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin met in private today. But as I said in my open, what might have been said in that meeting? What did Biden promise to Putin? What did Putin get in exchange for the $3.5 million that the Moscow mayor's wife sent to his son, Hunter Biden? Or did Biden already pay all of his debts to Putin by closing down our pipelines and removing the sanctions on the Russian gas pipeline. How is this not collusion? It would be nice if anyone in the media would ask these kinds of questions to Joe Biden. Someone else who would love to know the answers to those kinds of questions is my next guest, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, so great to see you. Always an honor to have you on this program. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gina. I'm happy to be here with you. Tell me, can we trust Biden in a room With Putin. He's already handed over our energy independent to Putin, who's, you know, who we know has taken advantage of him and his family already, and not to mention Mm -hmm. our country. How is he not compromised? And why is no one asking these questions in the media on the national scale?
4: Well, that's probably because they don't have you up there interviewing uh, President Biden. And they're not having people like you in the White House press room asking these good questions. And in all actuality, can we trust President Biden in a room with Putin? I don't think so. I, don't, I think his own handlers can't trust him in a room by himself, which is obvious. He's not sure of what he's saying from one minute to the next. And then he even asks questions out loud. And he says statements like, I don't think they want me to say this. You know, that's concerning. We have a lot to be concerned about, about the President of the United States and his mental capacity.
1: We do, and he's constantly mentioning how he is going to get in trouble by his staff if he does that or doesn't Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, He's constantly losing his. Uh, not just his way got lost. Accidentally went into a civilian cafeteria at the G7 summit. He uh, and it isn't funny, but I mean you have to laugh. Um, he has forgets what he's going to say. Absolutely cannot get himself to uh, state the Declaration of Independence, even though just the first couple of lines of it. On and on. Um, it's really, really at an embarrassing point doesn't ask any difficult questions ever of any of our adversaries. Um, I can't help but think, if there was someone like you in that room with Vladimir Putin, what would you ask him?
4: My conversation would be a lot different with with not only Putin, but with leaders from all over the world. I would hold him accountable for issues that that threaten America's security. For example, the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline. That was something that shut down the oil and gas flow for the entire Southeast, hurt our economy, uh, threatened basically the the security of our nation. These are the types of questions that I would have brought up and I would have demanded answers and demanded action following those answers. And this is something that President Biden is incapable of. He's an embarrassment to our nation at the G7 summit, bumbling, bumbling and fumbling around. He doesn't look like a leader. He looks like someone that is being led, and America doesn't need to have a president that needs to be led. We need a president that does lead, and we had that president. That was President Trump. He truly showed the world what it looks like to put America first and to lead with America first. So God bless President Trump for that, and um, we're we're in big trouble with President Biden.
1: Congresswoman on NBC. Uh, Vladimir Putin was asked about political assassinations in Russia, and he brought up the killing of Ashley Babbitt by a Capitol Police officer. Listen.
3: Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is, I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of uh, the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by policemen. Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress? And they didn't go there to steal a laptop. They came with political demands. 450 people have been detained. They're facing, they're looking, they're, they're looking at jail time between 15 and 25 years, and they came to the Congress with political demands. Isn't that prosecution for political opinions?
1: Now this program and this network would never ever take the side of even a leftist uh, compromised American president uh, ever take the side of a foreign leader against our own president. But um, it is sad when a Russian dictator can point to things like this and it would be nice if the media would ask Biden questions like this rather than have it come from a foreign adversary in in an international forum like this, that our own press doesn't have the courage or the whatever it is to ask these kinds of questions.
4: Absolutely. It's very concerning. And you're right. We have to protect our interests and our president at, at all costs. But look at that. Look at what happened there. Putin was able to use a political attack on our president and the administration in place right now. And that's extremely concerning because those are the same questions that many American people are asking is the same question that Putin just asked. Now, the, the real question that we all do need to discuss and, and are definitely concerned over is what is happening to the people that have been arrested and are being held in the so-called deplorable jail. And that's the folks that that are being held on misdemeanor charges and refused bail, and they're being held in solitary confinement, possibly up to 24 hours a day. This is concerning. But we also need to ask questions um, of our FBI. Did they have? Um, did the FBI have operatives in these groups, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and how much was their involvement in the January 6th riot that happened at the Capitol? The other questions we need to ask is, do they also have operatives? And are they working hard in other groups like Antifa and BLM? And what accountability is happening there? Because we've seen tremendous riots over the summer of rage, uh, and and we have not seen much outcome or or people being uh, truly prosecuted in the same manner, the people that were arrested on January 6th Capitol attack. These are questions that I began asking recently because um, we cannot treat uh, prisoners or treat people that are being held in jail any differently than we would treat any other person held in jail um, for something they've been arrested for. And are they being treated as political prisoners or are they be, being treated fairly? And and all the evidence and, and the information coming out is they're being treated unfairly like political prisoners. And for, for the president of Russia, for Putin to be able to use that kind of attack on our president of the United States is very concerning and shows the weakness that Joe Biden is demonstrating to the world and that this administration is also demonstrating to the world.
1: All right. I know that you have introduced your fire Fauci act and that bill has been uh, building steam. And now we know a lot more about Fauci. And uh, what do you want to tell our audience about that?
4: I just wanted to tell everyone that this is an extremely important
1: bill, and and I know that they know exactly
4: what I'm talking about because this entire country suffered from COVID-19 for the past year, not just our country, but the entire world suffered, and we need to hold people accountable. This is very, it's very obvious from the information that that we've been able to to read, to see, and and informants, even people that um, have left China and are bringing in the information and saying this is a man-made virus made in the Wuhan lab. And it looks very clear that money for United States taxpayers dollars funded the lab and funded the, the gain of function research that led to the development of COVID-19. And if that's the case, what is the purpose of this virus? Is it a bioweapon? And if it is a bioweapon, why was it created? And what was the intent for its use? We should never be changing viruses to kill people anywhere. This is a horrific thing. And it has caused many people to die, and and it's shut down our economy. It's ruined our children's lives. People have committed suicide, and there is no amount of money that can repay that. Not only do we need to fire Dr. Fauci, we we need to launch an investigation, and that's what my bill does, launches an investigation. What did they know, and when did they know it? And then, lastly, we need to hold China accountable. They are accountable for what they've done. This virus came out of the Wuhan lab in china and they owe america
1: um you know biden has been fumbling around a little bit and looking so weak on the world stage i don't want to forget though about what's happening on our border president trump and texas governor abbott have scheduled a trip to the border at the end of this month uh doing what essentially biden and harris will not do it looks like trump is going to beat them kamala and uh Joe Biden to the border. I wanted to give you a chance to comment on that as well.
4: Well, you know, this this is a tremendous failure for our country, especially after the past four years. we President Trump and his administration worked very hard to secure the border. Uh, Worked very hard to build the wall. It wasn't yet finished, but it needs to be finished. Uh, Building up ICE, building up the border patrol, um, enforcing these law enforcement agencies to secure our nation's border, which is so very important. We have to stop human trafficking. We have to stop drug trafficking. But now we have the Biden administration in place, and Kamala Harris is supposed to be the border czar, yet she hasn't even been to the border to see what's going on down there. Instead, she's been to Guatemala and she's been to Mexico. And these are the people that she's focused on is the people that she claims are fleeing their countries because of so-called climate change and coming to our country. Well, that's an absolute lie. And even the president of Guatemala told them so. No, these people are coming to your country because Joe Biden invited them to come. And this is another embarrassment to the war. This This embarrasses America. If we're going to have a border, we need a strong border and we need to enforce our border laws. And I thank God that President Trump is interested to go to Texas, to see Governor Abbott, and he is going to the border to highlight this again, um, because we need as many people as possible to pay attention, because we have real problems down there. There's evidence coming out now that the cartels not only are they are they being heavily, heavily funded with all of this so-called migration. That they, it's a big business. They're they're trafficking people and drugs and everything else across our nation's border. But the cartel is also entering into our country. And we know the results of that, the dangerous, you know, the dangerous gangs, MS 13, and all of the horrible crimes and murders and and drug deals that go on there. And this this is a true threat to to America's security. And we've got to work hard to to secure our border. And this is where Republican governors can really make a difference. Like Governor Abbott, you know, he's he said he's going to build the wall. Let's build the wall along Texas. That's something that he could be so proud of, and all of Texas and the rest of the country would appreciate. Build the wall at Texas and shut the border down. You know, there should be there should be entrances and exits, but it shouldn't be wide open for all for anyone just to flow across. And then, lastly, use the Texas National Guard. I'm sure that Georgia would send some as well, and we could secure that secure that border in Texas. I think it's a good plan.
1: You know, one of the things that is the most uh, upsetting. About you to the left is that you continue to attract press in numbers larger than much of the leadership in the on the Democrat side, and I read this a lot on Twitter. How upset they are that the press gives you so much attention and follows you around all the time with microphones, and that's just very, very annoying to them. Um, But you know, the left has tried to take out their aggression on you, putting everything you say and do under a microscope. And one of the ways they've tried to harness you has been to fine you for not wearing a mask. And you've been fined thousands of dollars, literally, for not wearing a mask. And then today, the group Rational Ground came out with a study, they analyzed um, I believe it was six or eight masks uh, from children, school-aged children. They analyzed the the bacteria on the inside of those masks. And there were many things found on the inside, but some of those things found were the bacteria that causes pneumonia, tuberculosis, meningitis, sepsis, encephalitis, the list goes on and on. The um, resistant antibiotic resistant meningitis also, food poisoning, Lyme disease, diphtheria, Legionnaires disease, and um, the list goes on. It is, it is quite terrifying. Congressman, uh, Congresswoman, it looks as though uh, you might have a countersuit against those who impose these fines on you. Is that something you would plan? Absolutely.
4: Based on that list, it seems like people are trying to kill you by forcing you to wear a mask that contains all of those disgusting diseases. These are diseases that, can, that kill people. And this is, you know, even Dr. Fauci and his emails was were telling people he was telling people that masks don't work. Well, they may not work. They didn't work stopping the spread of COVID nineteen, but they also worked in making people sick. And who knows how many people may have died from wearing masks? We don't know those numbers either. Uh, it's funny I didn't see on that list COVID nineteen. Maybe I missed it. But I would like to know in that study how much COVID nineteen they found in those those germ bacteria laden mass that that would be the real question um yeah i definitely have a good countersuit and now that i know about this study thank you dr gina i really appreciate that because i was looking at this as like a discrimination in the workplace uh lawsuit
1: but it looks like it can go a lot further now with that study Well, and the thanks goes, of course, to Rational Ground. And Justin Hart, we'll have him on actually in the next segment Mm -hmm. asking him all about this. But Congresswoman, I keep switching topics, but there's so much happening and so many crises in Biden's America. Inflation, a huge problem. Biden doesn't seem to know what to do about that, or maybe he just doesn't care. Um, But I wanted to get your comment on what do you think is in store for Americans in their pocketbooks? Because this is getting really scary. People don't know what to do.
4: Absolutely, I'm so glad you brought this up. And you know, I'm a, I've been a business owner, um, and this is an area that that I feel very confident talking about. Let's talk about stagflation. This is not a this is not a term that they talk about a lot lately, but this is exactly what's happening. Stagflation is when you have inflation of prices, just like you're showing right now on the screen. You're showing how much the cost of goods is is rising, and it's rising rapidly uh, just in the past five and a half months. And so this is a big problem. But when you pair that inflation with the the slowdown in manufacturing, which is what we have seen because we're paying people to stay home and they're not returning to work. And I can tell you this is true. Being in the construction industry for so many years to get uh, mm-hmm. building supplies, to get windows, to get appliances, to job sites. We're talking about a month and month and, you know, to three to four month delay in in manufacturing and getting these much needed um, uh you know, materials to do the jobs on the job site. This is showing a real pairing of inflation and the slowdown and de- decrease in manufacturing. And that is called stagflation. And that is very, very dangerous for an economy. And so we have big problems that are not being fixed. And the reason why they're not being fixed is because we're still paying out federal unemployment insurance. That needs to stop immediately. We need to get people back to work. We need to stop punishing small businesses and stop punishing the American people by, by having policies in place that stifle our economy and stifle our growth. And, and this is this is why it's America last for the Biden administration and the Democrats. But we need to put America first. And, and that's exactly what I'm working very hard to do.
1: And speaking of America First, uh, we've been covering your America First rallies. Do you have any more of those uh, scheduled?
4: I, that You know what? I'm glad you asked because we are having a planning session later on tonight to discuss dates and locations. Um, so that's, that's funny that you asked me about that. I just talked with Matt a little while ago, and we're very, very excited. You see, America First rallies are so important, and here's why. We're bringing people together, bringing back hope but it's the bringing people together in person that is so important because this is where connections are made. And so when we bring an America first rally to say your town or, or someone else's town in in some state, they're able to come together and they meet people and they're finding like-minded people that love America and want America first policies. And this is how they're putting it into action. The friends they make at the America first rallies, they're going in into their school boards and making a difference. They're going into their city council, their county commissioners, and they're truly able to make
1: friends. I think we may have lost her, but we got a great interview out of her. And thank you so much to Marjorie Taylor Greene for being here. Congresswoman Green. we appreciate you. Coming up, Ben Verquam is leaving California and seeking freedom, just like so many others leaving that state. And he's next. And then we're gonna show you what deadly pathogens are found inside of your children's face masks. It's going to make you never wanna put one of those things on ever again, don't miss it. So much more, Dr. Gina Primetime, coming at you. Stick around.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing
1: The California exodus is real. The headline at Reason Magazine puts it very succinctly. The subheadline reads, California has morphed from a land of limitless opportunity to a highly regulated land of limits and control. No wonder so many people are leaving. The California exodus is so real that when we called R.A.V. correspondent Ben Burkwam today, he said, I'm a little busy today. I'm moving out of California. Ben is with us now. Ben, tell me, what was that last straw?
5: You know, I kind of like the, uh, the million cuts, or what is that? The, the slow drip. Uh, <laughs> death but what by What really cuts. set us off? Yeah. Uh, uh, death by a million. That's what California is. It's become unlivable. When you, when you think of the, the protections for illegal aliens, the sanctuary policies protecting illegals over American citizens, uh, you go to these cities like LA and San Francisco where bums are basically allowed to attack people in the streets drug use is rampant. Uh, Our taxes are sky high, but we get nothing for it. Our roads are some of the worst in the country. Our gas is the highest in the country. It it just got to the point where it's like, it's just not worth it anymore. And then we started looking around the country and it's like, wait a second. Uh, We actually took a trip, my wife and I and our family last 4th of July. We were there with President Trump in Mount Rushmore and uh, Billy, we were driving back and said, you know, Ben, I think I'm ready to go. And that was kind of what set us on this path. And right now we're in Arizona, hot Arizona, you can tell she's hot, but we're, uh, we're actually in Diablo Canyon, Arizona, making our way to Arkansas, and that's where we're going to be home basin for a while.
1: I love seeing your whole family with you, Ben. It's so special. (laughs) Even when they're hot and cranky, I understand that as a mom of five as well, but it's beautiful to see you all together. And I know that in her heart, she's happy. Um, You know, we left about three, four years ago, I guess, before the mass exodus. And so we didn't have any of these troubles, but I'm reading stories about people having trouble finding moving vans, finding trailers, um, the prices being ridiculously high. What was your experience?
5: Uh, Exactly that. Everything. You you try to get a one-way U-Haul from California to anywhere else in the country, and you're looking at about $4,000 plus mileage plus gas. So we ended up going the pod route and one vehicle and stuffed everything we possibly could into it. We've got two dogs, our cat, and our whole family. We did end up getting rid of the fish, but other than that, we got everybody in it. So, and Billy, you know, I'm on the road so much with the network. Billy uh, really took care of all of that, but... What was it for you, babe, that that really made you decide that it was worth it? Because we're leaving our family, too. Most of our family's still stuck in the communist state of California.
4: Well, just to, to be able to see the country, the world, not the world, but just other parts of the United States that you've never seen before. And it was pretty cool to be able to come with our family and take that road trip to South Dakota and being able to see how other people
1: live in other states and what law and order looks like.
5: Yeah, yeah. We that was one thing that we noticed was how clean the streets were in South Dakota, and it's like, wait a second, it's not all like Mogadishu, like California is. <laughs> yeah, the
4: further you move away from California, the cleaner the streets, the roads. Um, you didn't see tent, you didn't see tent cities. The
1: further away you moved from California. Yeah, absolutely true. Well, we wish you all the very best. Your I might have lost been. you there,
5: Gina. Hang on a second, let me check.
1: It's okay. Um, and, and we're just saying we, we wish you the very best. We're praying for you and your sweet family. Again, it's, it's just wonderfully refreshing to see you all there together. Yeah. And my husband would tell you it's the best decision we ever made. We hope your experience is the same. God bless you guys, Ben Burkwam. All right, our friends over at Rational Ground posted a story, it is absolutely viral at this point, about a group of parents in Gainesville, Florida, who sent six, six used face masks Uh, that belonged to their children, I believe, to a lab that they'd worn at their schools um, at the University of Florida. And an analysis of what was found in those masks, very disturbing. Here with me now to break it down for us is the founder of Rational Ground and really the maintainer of our sanity during this whole mask that we've been on for the last year or more and uh, also with us is our on-staff molecular biologist here at Real America's Voice, R.A.V. TV, Tom, Dr. Tom Borelli. I'm not sure why I can't pronounce your name today, Tom. Uh, Justin and Tom, <laughs> I have you on two days in a row and still can't say your name. Uh, it's good to see you both, and I appreciate you both being here.
3: Great to be back.
1: Good, good. Just want to make sure you guys can hear us. Um, Justin and Tom, um, especially I'm going to start, I guess, with you, Justin. Justin, um, I I don't personally think that we needed lab tests to tell us that um, a place that is dark and warm and moist, as I've said many times on this program, is the equivalent of a Petri dish. Any of us who had a biology class in high school or college know that that is how you breed bacteria and so this should be common sense especially Justin to those who love to shout about follow the science right but apparently that common sense didn't didn't translate for the science people out there that love to talk about science um, but now we have studies proving that these masks can be very harmful to the average person or child who wears them. Tell us what the lab found in these masks.
2: Yeah, well, you know, if you've taken a look at your own children's masks or your mask, you realize very quickly uh, this is not something that you want to be doing on an ongoing basis. Uh, These mothers sent their children's mask, which they had worn just over a couple days, uh, to a lab. Uh, The lab found elements of pneumonia, uh, bacterial meningitis, uh, even cow herpes perhaps by some food contamination or something. Uh, But this was not something that you want your kids breathing into and out of uh, on a long basis there. Uh, It was an extraordinary sort of just peak. We hope that this uh, analysis will prompt other rigorous scientific institutions to take it upon themselves. Uh, Grab the masks as they uh, are being uh, sunsetted here across the country. Go analyze them so that when this comes up again and someone raises the the flag and says we should all mask up to the hilt, we have a secondary opinion because right now it's obvious this has some dire consequences, especially for our kids, who it looked like in in some areas of the country are still going to be masked up in the fall. We hope this stops that.
1: Uh, Tom, compare the harm that could be done to a child or to a grown adult uh, to the harm from potentially contracting COVID.
3: Yeah, So that's a really great question and you know the answer to that question you know we really don't know but for children you know the risk of of COVID is very very low their immune system has been very powerful in in rejecting the virus Uh, we we know that much and apparently they don't seem to transmit it as well so there's always that risk benefit which I guess goes to the heart of your question so children really don't have a problem with COVID but your earlier analysis calling the mask basically a petri dish kind of works in this situation because our, our world is uh, filled with, you know, millions of contaminants, some pathogens, our bodies are as well. So the fact that it's collecting on their masks and especially with the moisture, that's the key point, is not really surprising. The study found quantitative, that is numbers, uh, what really would really be interesting is to see the amount uh, of, the, of, the, of the bacteria and, we're, and the types of them that were in the mask. But again, it's not surprising. You do your risk-benefit, and when you take a big step back, the big problem with the CDC and these mask requirements is they were applying laboratory conditions to the world, Right. And it's just not practical. In a laboratory condition, you could show how a mask, especially the N95 mask, could reduce, you know, transmission of of the moisture particles that would carry a carry a virus or carry a virus. You could show that, but in the real world, you know, as I mentioned to you once before, you walk into a supermarket, you see the elderly with the mask hanging down over the over their face, and then. Uh, the CDC, you know, they said you should change your mask regularly. Well, they said wear masks a lot of states, but they didn't tell people how to properly wear them or how often you should change them. Uh, you know, so again, these are the subtleties that really would make a difference. And you know, the big state studies, uh, you know, to the other guests has done uh, done analysis. You know, the big state studies don't show that the masks really work. They could work in the lab, but in the real world, they really don't.
1: Right. And one of the things that Justin's group has pointed to Rational Ground many times is that uh, the masks that w- might possibly be advisable would be that of, 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 a, of a, a true surgical mask, which no one could even get a hold of during uh, the whole pandemic anyway. But for surgical masks, those are for preventing, you know, mouth, you know, saliva from going into an open wound during a surgery. And oxygen is pumped into the surgical room to compensate for the fact that the doctors, the surgeons, would otherwise experience oxygen depletion inside of that mask, just as. All of the people forced to wear them over the past year have, and those health implications, which we're not even getting into today for lack of time. Some of the things found inside of these masks is shocking. Uh, Streptococcus pneumonia, um, I can't even pronounce how these, mycobacterium tuberculosis found inside these masks of children. Um, There's meningitis and sepsis found inside of them. Uh, Keratitis and granulomatosis I'm saying these things all wrong, but encephalitis, very scary stuff. I mean, we don't know how many people died because they were wearing these masks. The list goes on and on. There was um, um, food poisoning found inside of them, Lyme disease, uh, not Lyme disease, but the um, bacteria that causes Lyme disease, Boreala Berg de I'm botching all of these. You can come back and correct me, Tom. But I mean, the list goes on and on. There's literally a whole list that is so long, I can't even tell you, Legionnaires' disease, uh, the bacteria that causes Legionnaires' disease, um, staph infection, which my own son got and we could not get to go away. I ended up pulling him out of his school um, this year because they were still forcing masks. And this was a private Christian academy that wouldn't listen to the actual real science. And this is the type of staff. by the way, not the kind my son got, but the kind that they found inside of the mass in this particular study um, that has a high morbidity rate. So this is very serious. And then they had also found the kind of staff that causes uh, meningitis and sepsis. So these kinds of things are extraordinarily scary. We're not talking about, you know, bacteria that's gonna cause a little acne on your face, although that was a prolific problem, especially among teenagers. Um, Justin, I'm just going to let you comment on on some of the stuff we just said that you all discovered.
2: Yeah, look, there was a headline in a California newspaper and it said uh, that masks are the chief ally of the disease, physician says. It went on to say that Americans really don't know how to take masks and that the uh, recommendation that we mask, mask an entire population was ill-advised. That was published in 1918. We knew 100 (laughs) years ago that masking the entire populace was a terrible idea. And now we have evidence that it certainly didn't reduce case rates. When you look at the county level populations, uh, it didn't seem to help on mortality or hospitalization rates. And now we know if we continue to mask our kids, we're gonna see some serious complications with other pathogenic uh, viruses, with other bacterial infections. We already know that there's a high increase in fungi related infections that doctors are seeing. Uh, this is something that you know, we need to take consideration, especially as we get back to normal there. I think uh, as you take your mask off, we may, uh, we may prompt people to send it to us so that we can send it to a lab and just demonstrate how awful it is.
1: Yeah, and, and Tom, uh, Dr. Borelli, I want to ask you, in light of this list of maladies you can get from wearing a mask simply, um, I want to ask you what you think the chances are that people have died from mask mandates.
3: Well, Dr. Gene, it's certainly a, a, you a know, possibility, a theoretical possibility, but I think you know one could try to go back into the uh, database there for which CDC would would collect. They also collect people, you know, death certificates and, and people that I think die of of respiratory illnesses or, or pneumonia. So that would be something that could be done retrospectively. And uh, I think that's the way to really approach that question. But the, the data so far as what has been presented today is you have a large number of pathogens collecting in these masks. Uh, again, not surprising. Uh, the most important part always, is, always follows with toxicology, follows with microbiology as well. It's the dose that makes the poison. So to what extent had one or two of these really pathogens Grown to a certain amount that could have been then inhaled and then caused you know a disease or possibly a fatality. Those are the kind of studies that I think to uh, need to be done. I think those studies could start to be done again based on uh, just on the data of uh, people who have passed away during a pandemic.
2: Yeah, Doctor Gina, that's the like main said, thing here. This is yeah. just this is just our analysis on a, a simple lab report. Uh, we want to see a rigorous institutional study. Yeah that would take this up. And just like we did in Florida, when we examined, as a group, uh, specific death certificates of COVID mortality, we're the only group to date that's ever done that. Why does it fall upon us to do this? This should be a government sort of study, an institutional uh, approach to see if this is valid. But they, when we've uh, actually requested POID and uh, requested actual science behind the masking of children, there is none, there is none, there never has been. And uh, we've demonstrated that time and time again. And so I, I think there are lawsuits that are coming out of Florida and other places that are really going to put a curve to these masks. And we hope for time and all eternity, we will not go back to that again.
1: And like I said, this and, and doesn't lawsuits, even include, so go ahead, go ahead, Tom.
3: I was good, sorry to cut you off, Dr. Gina, but lawsuits are a great way to get data and a, yes. great, and a great way to compel data in terms of discovery. So it's expensive, but I think that's, uh, a certainly good strategy to follow. And I think that's the same strategy should follow with the question of whether or not the virus came from the Wuhan lab, which to me, the whatever of evidence goes in that direction. But we need data. We need evidence. We need more of those emails. It's the same thing. We need data acquisition. To your point, Justin, if they're not going to give it to you, we have to get it some other way.
1: Yes, and this doesn't even include uh, the oxygen depletion. We're not even talking about that, which I tend to think that hypoxia that everyone experienced that I certainly experienced every time I had to put on a mask um, is, is is something that needs to be studied as well. And this also doesn't include the psychological component. Guys, I know you saw this video on social media. It's come out, it's become viral, it is out of Israel. These school children in this video Are told that they no longer have to wear masks in the classroom. Tell me, this is about anything other than natural desire to be free of oppression. Watch. And you don't have to understand their language, Justin and Tom, to understand exactly what they're thinking. They not only rip them off and are absolutely exuberant, more than I've ever seen children exuberant over cake or candy or recess, they are ripping up those masks immediately. The, the, the feeling, the overwhelming feeling of wanting to destroy that oppressive thing is a natural psychological reaction. Justin, we're led to believe that children love wearing masks or that they don't mind it. But I think it's pretty clear from this video otherwise, don't you?
2: Children respect us as adults, and we need to start acting as adults. Give them the tools that they need to stay safe. This was not one of them. This oppressed them in many ways. It curbed their learning. Uh, It became a symbol of really all the challenges that we faced uh, when public policy met really, really bad science. Such a happy, joyful video here in California. We ended our mandates yesterday, uh, but people are still masked up. They don't know what to do. They're suffering from PTSD in many ways when they see someone go without a mask. And so it's going to, we broke America with this, and hopefully we can put it back together in a certain way.
1: Yeah, you know, I've never endured such hate uh, as I did back during the throes of all this, when Justin, you were coming on my show, you were showing me the data. And Tom, you were coming on, and we were talking about the microbiological components of this, and I was just doing simple math, really, which is simple science uh, in this particular case, and deciding for myself that I thought this was dangerous on so many levels, and I was being called a killer. Um, I was being called unchristian, was called unchristian today when I posted I was having you all on today. Um, I was called unchristian and a killer for posting this study saying that it was unchristian of me to post the study. What kind of brainwashed do you have to be to think it is unchristian or in some way, um, in any way hurtful to people to give them information about what's inside of something that, that they're wearing on their face that could be hurting them and their own children. I, I just, I don't know where we are in the psychosis of this nation, but I'm glad to have you two thinking critically, thinking clearly and thinking Rationally, And uh, that happens to be the name of your organization, Rational Ground. Justin Hart, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Tom Borelli, thank you so much for being here two days in a row. Uh, God bless <laughs> you both in your continued work. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Dr. Gina. Th- thank you, Dr. Gina.
1: Coming up, we have some news you didn't know. And we have reaction from the ladies on The View on what they think of CNN forcing Alison Camarada to interview Jeffrey Toobin about his sexual deviancy. You won't believe what they said. It just all gets crazier. That's next, right here on Dr. Gina Pratt
5: Time.
4: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad free news podcasts to catch up on the latest
0: episodes without the ads.
1: Welcome back. Joe Biden looking all over the place on this European trip, and he keeps forgetting the words to our sacred documents like the Declaration of Independence. Here's what he said earlier today. He came out of his meeting with Vladimir Putin, and this is what he said.
3: That's what we are, that's who we are. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident that all men and women, we haven't lived up to it completely, but we've always widened the, the arc of commitment and included more and more people.
1: And of course, that's not the first time he's done that. You remember this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing you know the thing. You do know the thing. It's become vernacular at my house now. Anyway, on that note, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, R-A-V-TV, Real America's Voice, Texas AG, Ken Paxton is here tomorrow. And until then, hug your children, love your God, you go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody.